bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. The Dominion Mandate. The Dominion Mandate. Somebody would ask, what is a mandate? A mandate is an official order or authorization to do something. It is when somebody has been officially authorized to function in a way or to perform a certain duty. And what we're going to look at in this series is our mandate, the authorization that God has given to humanity. It's very important as we study our lives here on earth to to be sure of why we are here. Why are there human beings? Why was it necessary for human beings to be created? And what does God expect from every human being? Each one of us desires that we will know the will of God for our lives individually, but there is a general will of God that affects every human being, no matter your gender, your race, or your social standing. It's a general mandate of God for humanity. And that's what we're going to discuss in this series because I believe that when you catch hold of this mandate, your life would never be the same. You would not struggle to succeed. You would know how to succeed. You would know how to overcome. You would know how to make your life count. And we'll go to our foundational text and it's in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to verse number 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to verse number 28. The book of Genesis accounts or recounts the processes of God making the earth a habitable place for humanity. It talks about how plants came to be, how the animal world began, how we got vegetation, how we got our atmosphere, and then it talks about why man was created and what God expects for every human being. After God had created the animals, uh, plants, created the atmosphere, the sun is shining, the moon is out there, and the earth is ready, he comes to his masterpiece. And he says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man and subdued it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I'm going to discuss three things. 
with you concerning this passage, and then I would move it a little bit first uh, forward. In this passage, there are three critical things that God does. First, he establishes his intention for creating man. Man does not determine the purpose of God for himself by himself. God establishes the intention and our job is to accept his intention. So God establishes the intention. He's about to create man and he tells us why he's going to do it. The three intentions. Number one, God wanted to create a being called man. He says, let us make man. He determined to create a being, a species that he was going to call man. He had created elephants. He had created lions. He had created uh, cockroaches. He had created mosquitoes. He had created trees. He had created the earth. He had created the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the galaxies. The universe is in place. Only one thing is left. And God says, now I'm about to make that one thing, the last of my creation. And he called that one thing man. It was God's intention to do that. And in the Bible, uh, he says, let us, let us. And there's one, one or a few times in the Bible that the, the word, the plural, us, is used for God. Because it talks about the Trinity, the triune nature of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us create man. So that's the first thing. The first intention is to create this being that will be distinct from everything that has been created earlier. And this being is going to be called man. Second intention is to cause man to have godlike qualities. He wanted to create man. He wanted the man to have godlike qualities. He says he was going to create man in our own image according to our likeness. That means we're going to resemble God. We were not going to be God, but we were going to resemble God. We're going to be his image. The image is a reflection of the original. When you have a mirror in front of you and you stand in front of the mirror... You have your image. If you lift up your hand, the image will lift up the hand. If you open your mouth, the image will open the mouth. If you bow, the image will jump. If you it will bow, if you jump, the image will jump. Whatever you do, the image can reflect it. The image is not the original, but the image has the power to do whatever the original can do. So when God says, let us create man in our image, he's saying, I'm about to do something that looks like me and can do everything I can do. He is not me, but he can do what I can do. Let us create man according to our image and according to our likeness. He was going to <coughs> cause man to have God-like qualities. And that's critical because we're going to touch it later on. Because if you don't catch this, then you may think you are just a human being 
a mere person. But God did not just say, let us create man. He could have left it there and created the man. When he said, when he created the elephants, he created them. But he says, let us create man. And then he went on to describe according to our likeness. So you are not just man, you are a person created with specific qualities. And those qualities are not human qualities, they are God-like qualities. He didn't say, let us create man to look like man, but let us create man to look like God. Third, third intention was to commit the dominion of his creation to the man. He says, let them have dominion. He was going to create a being called a man. Secondly, he was going to cause that man to have qualities like himself. And thirdly, he was going to commit the dominion of his creation to that man. God had created the earth. He had created things on the earth. He had created animals. He had created plants. He had created so much on the earth. But he says, the one who is going to have dominion over the things I have created is not me. It's the man I'm going to create. Why? Because God is a spirit. But the earth is physical. God who is a spirit cannot directly control a physical realm. Because the physical realm has a different material from God. It came from him, but it doesn't look like him because God is not physical. So if God is going to reign over the physical realm, then he has to create a physical person. But that physical person must have something of God in himself. So that the only way God can control the physical realm is through the physical man whom he had put his spirit into. So he said, let us create man in our image. Let the man have dominion. He didn't say, let the angels have dominion. He didn't say, let the spirits have dominion. He didn't even say, I will have dominion. He says, the man is the one who has dominion. That is so critical to our life here on earth. Because if you don't catch this point, you can relinquish your dominion and expect God to have dominion. But he didn't commit the dominion to himself. He committed the dominion to man. Whatever he wants to do here on earth, he does it through a human being. He doesn't work by himself. Because he said the dominion will be given to man. So not only will the man resemble God, but the man will be a representative of God. He would be God's ambassador here on earth. That was, and that still is, the intention of God. Second, we look at how that intention was implemented. How did he implement his intention? How did he go about to make it happen. He has told us what he wants to do. He has told us the intention. 
How is that going to be implemented? Well, if you read the account, it says, So God created man in his own image. Let us create man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27, So he created man in his image. But that is a summary because it doesn't give us a little detail as to the process. So you go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. There is a little statement there that tells us how he did it. This is how God implemented his intention. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being or a living soul. Two things there. One, he formed man from the dust of the ground. The dust of the ground is earthly. It is material. You can touch it and it is seen. The earthly, the material, and what is seen. The dust of the ground was already existing material. It was not created. It was there already. God had already created the dust of the earth. And out of what he had already made, he formed a man. So there is a part of man that is earthly, that is material, and that is seen. That part I can see. That part is earthly and that part is material. You can touch it. Why? Because it was made of the dust of the earth. Then the second part of man, the Bible says he breathed into him the breath of life. Man was breathed into with the breath of life. The breath of life is divine. It didn't exist on earth. It existed in God. It is spiritual because God is spirit. And it is unseen because you couldn't see it. So for the man to come together, the earthly and the divine must come together. The material and the immaterial must come together. The seen and the unseen must come together. God created man from two opposites. Earthly, divine. Material, spiritual. Seen, unseen. What is on earth, what is in heaven. What you can touch, what you cannot touch. What is of God and what is of the earth. For any human being, these two parts exist. What you see, what you don't see. When I look at you, I see you. I can describe you. Tall, beautiful, nice ears, nice nose, black, 
and so on. These I can describe. I can touch you and say you feel warm, you feel cold. I can see you and say you look sad or you look happy or you look victorious. Those can be seen by judging the physical. But the physical is the clay, the dust of the earth. Much of our judging of man is based on the dust of the earth. But behind the dust of the earth, there is another part which nobody sees. And sometimes in judging what you see, you can easily miss what you don't see. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.